Being Positive, The Journey Within. In an earlier talk covering an overview of positive attitude, we laid out a summary of multiple facets of positive attitude, starting with the innate nature of attitude. We also looked at how the problem is really the infusion of negative attitude from ourselves and from others. And we looked at ways we could potentially handle this. In a subsequent talk, we looked at how the positive attitude pretty much behaves like a belief or faith. And to make changes to our belief system, which is really hard, we must start by looking at our own personal opinions, which is relatively easier. And slowly, we can make the changes that we are comfortable with, with no obligation. But we don't have to have to have to boost our positive attitude. We can start by guarding against the negative attitudes. We all have positive attitude. We are all born with it. We have. We wake up in the morning expecting things to happen. We eat, drink, go about our daily chores. There is a semblance of hope, optimism, positivity in all of this. But what really hides all of this innate positivity is the negativity. And the closest source of negativity is us, ourselves. We carry the negativity as innately as we carry the positivity. It is not really strange. You know, as human beings, caution is a part of our nature. Being careful about stuff is part of our instinct. Suspecting is necessary for our survival. Our mind constantly scanning the horizon for danger. We react cautiously, suspiciously to anything that is not familiar. We are always on our guard. Sounds like negative attitude, right? But we do need these instincts. And they kick in whenever we encounter stuff that is unfamiliar or uncertain. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that stuff around. And hence, our inner barrier is always up, always working. And this makes it really hard to be optimistic. It makes it harder to be hopeful. It makes it harder to take risks. And it also makes it harder to be more positive, especially during difficult decisions. So how do we work with it? There's no magic formula or a trick, but we can try. The first thing is to be aware, aware of the fact that we have this negative barrier, a negativity shroud that is protecting us. And we should be 
aware of it, be conscious of it, sense it and not get rid of it because we need it. However, we should be able to account for it. When we have a difficult decision to make, we need to be aware of this inner negativity. Let's go back to our previous example of SAT test we talked about in the previous talks. As we try to determine if we should retake the test or not, and we feel an abundance of caution, we should be aware that some of that caution is coming from this innate self-protectiveness that we all have. The other thing that we can focus on is our self-image. Our self-image is a view of ourselves, of our expectations from ourselves, and also expectations from others. Our decision-making tends to be limited by our own self-image, and we find it really hard to rise above that. If you go back to our SAT example, I could arrive at my decision to not take the test again by telling myself that I cannot do better. I have not done better in similar circumstances in the past. I don't see myself being able to get a better score. I'm not that smart. I'm not that lucky either, etc., etc., etc. Self-image, like belief, acts as an uncontrollable force of nature. It is shaped by many, many things. Together with the force of belief, it can translate to self-belief, and it can help us, but it can also put limitations on us. Self-image is again created over time from our own dreams, from the feedback we get from others, from our experiences. It is a summary of what we think we are capable of doing. I'm good at maths. I'm bad with art and music. I'm good with people. I don't like working nine to five. These are the parts that make up my self-image. These may be facts, these may be opinions, but these make up the painting that I think is me. Like our belief in positive attitude or the lack of it, our self-image is also made up of our opinions. And opinions can be updated, as we talked about in the previous talk. It is up to you to decide whether they need to be updated or not. You must do what you are comfortable with. And then there are dreams. We actually have two self-images. One that we accept for ourselves for now. And another one that we really wish we would rather have. But we dare not do. And that would be our ideal self-image. That's the self-image that you'd rather have. It may be outlandish, may be near impossible in your mind. 
may be just too much out there for you. That self-image is probably impractical, but it is something that you must be aware of and it is something you must need to keep in sight, not as a destination but as a direction. That self-image is important because it represents your dreams and your ideal self. In the case of the SAT example, while you might be operating with the self-image that you have, somewhere in the back of your mind, you probably have a more wishful self-image. A picture of yourself getting perfect SAT scores with the first attempt or achieving similarly in other activities. That picture is probably too ideal, not something that most normal people are. And that's fine. But while such a picture may be impossible to achieve for you, you must realize that that picture tells you the direction in which you must go. And that is the value of that self-image the self-image you would rather have. It is pretty much like a pole star or the North Star. You know, restating something from a previous talk, we all know about pole star, or as we commonly refer to it as the North Star. It is the star that doesn't change its position in the sky. If you're not aware, as the night goes on, in the night sky, the stars, the moon and the planets move from east to west. But the North Star stays put. You can see the North Star clearly and you can go in the direction you want to go with the North Star as a guide. No one actually tries to reach the North Star. That's never the intent. But while it is high up there, out of reach, it serves as a good bearing for your travels. Think of your ideal self-image as a North Star. Your self-image may include you envisioning yourself as a multi-millionaire. That number doesn't matter, as long as you're going in the direction of becoming one. At the end of your life, you may fall short of it or you may exceed it. None of that matters because you have invested every minute of your life going in that direction and that's important and that makes you feel fulfilled. I know it sounds cliche that it's not the destination but the journey that matters. While it sounds like a cliche, the fact that you are investing in the right direction for yourself will keep you fully engaged. The destination matters only because your dreams are in that direction. And the destination is just an example of the dream. Remember that distinction. If you tell yourself that reaching the North Star is the only goal to reach, you will set yourself up for a disappointment. The pole star is not the destination, but it tells you the direction in which your dreams reside. Remember that distinction. So to recap, our positive attitude acts as if it is a belief system. And we are all innately positive. 
it's a basic human nature. But what diminishes this positivity is our innate negativity, one that is within us as a survival instinct. And we also restrict ourselves by our own self-image, the current self-image. And our current self-image is made up of our current personal opinions. Examine those. Update those that you think can be updated to the degree that you are comfortable with. And don't ignore your ideal self-image. While it may be outlandish, it is the North Star. It's pointing in a direction. It's not a destination. And follow the direction. In the next talk, let's look at how our surroundings influence our positivity.